Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Well, good morning. Good morning. So glad that you made it out to Luminous Church this morning. You may be a little weirded out. Why do we have this big old backdrop that says wonder up here? Why is there popcorn and everything says at the movies? And some of you are excited because you've actually been here before for a series. And others of you are like, what did I walk into this morning? Well, welcome. I hope that we would be able to expound on what we're doing this morning and what we hope to accomplish and hope God would accomplish this morning. But First off, I'd just love to introduce myself. My name is Ben Chapman, one of the pastors here at Luminous Church, and it's, a, it's such an honor that you would do life with us this morning, that you would step through our doors. So we're not just going to talk about movies this morning. We're actually going to read scripture. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16 is where we'll be in just a moment. Excited to talk about this and what God has to do. Um, before I get in there, I just want to say congratulations to Janelle and Sam Miller on Future Baby. And if y'all didn't know, that was a little insider joke where, not joke, it's no joke. You're really pregnant, right? So, uh, but... Uh, I'm a little insider, so since we're family, I wanted all y'all to be a part of that, that they just announced that they are with child. And, and we love life here. We celebrate life, so we celebrate them and what God is doing in their family. Really excited to meet that baby, future Benjamin Miller. So it's just amazing, <laughs> amazing what God's going to do. So we... Uh, <clears throat> Man, we, we started this, this series five years ago when we actually met in a movie theater called At The Movies. And, and uh, since then, it's kind of gone viral. You may see lots of churches do this series. And not that we were the first or, or that was, we were the first one with the idea. There's no new idea under the sun. But, but we were one of the first. And so praise God. So welcome. Uh, but... But we love this series. We love, we love what God does through, through movies and how he wants to use stories to illustrate ideas to us of gospel truths. And, and, and this is no, no new news for Jesus. In fact, Jesus uh, used stories all the time. He used parables to illustrate gospel truths. He used real life headlines of maybe a tower falling in it and it killed everyone who sinned. And Jesus was able to speak into that headline. And, and I just want to let you know that God wants to speak through headlines and through stories. And Carl Barth said this in the 20th century. She said, and said he said, we, we should preach the gospel with the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. That we should preach the gospel with a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. And, and the fact is, is that as you're reading the headlines... On TV or wherever it may be, how many of you know that God has some answers, has an answer for every headline you may read? Whether it would startle you or not, he, he actually has answers to climate change and war and everything else that you would read about and see. God wants to speak to that. He wants to speak through stories, through, through books and through movies. And, and this movie that we're going to talk about today was filmed in 2017. And it's a little throwback for us because normally we do a summer blockbuster like next 
next week we'll talk about Aladdin and Prince Ali and how the gospel is in that. And that's going to be challenging. And, and so come, find out how I fall on my face. Bring a friend. They'll love to see that. I promise. But, but Wonder, it came out in 2017, so it's a little throwback. But, but, but it's so good. And it was so good. In fact, if you are on our weekly newsletter, we said, go stream this on Amazon Prime right now because that's the only place you can find it. See it, you'll cry, and you won't regret it. And, and the great thing is we're going to give away the whole movie this morning. And, and you're like, oh, wow, why do I need to see it then? Because this is one of the movies where the, the, the punchline isn't in the epiphany. The, the punchline is actually in the story itself. It's in the emotion of every time you watch it. It's this timeless truth that we'll talk about that is amazing and so so I, I just want to encourage you that it, to go see this movie if at all possible um, stream it or whatever and if you don't want to that's okay too we still love you and you're welcome here you belong here this morning and so wonder is is just a tremendous movie but I also want to say this is sometimes the narrative is this we we watch a movie or read a book or hear a story and we make that theology, meaning this, we make that absolute, where, where if I watch this movie and I were to live my life out of this movie and I hold that up equal to God and I begin to establish it as a framework in my life, we could go wrong if we do that because we know that movies and stories and all those have great perspective, but they are not theology. They're not, they're not um, how we're going to see the world. We're going to see the world through the Bible. And as we look at this movie, we're going to look through the lens of the word of God. We're going to look through the Bible. And I encourage you that this would be your theology, that, that God would be your theology. It would be all that God is and all who he is can be found in here and should come into agreement with this completely and I'm going to tell you wonder and some other movies and my story is not fully in alignment with this all the time so I have to put those things in check if that makes sense so so all that say is movie is not gospel gospel is gospel but we'll look at movies and there could be some gospel truths that we'll look at as we look at this movie now this movie is almost gospel because it's that good I don't know if I can say that, but it's, it's amazing. And um, I just want to introduce you to Wonder as we go behind the scenes and figure out what this movie is all about. My name is Augie Pullman. Next week, I start fifth grade. And since I've never been to real school before, I'm pretty much totally petrified. The story about Wonder is, it's about a boy with a facial difference and you know, his mom homeschools him, and one day they decide to put him in regular school, and then it's about his big adventure and how hard it is for him. Now, I gotta stop here because past this point is a no dad zone, and you don't wanna walk up with your parents because it's not cool. But you're cool. I know I am, but technically most dads aren't, so. You don't have to be born with what Augie has to have sometimes felt like an outsider, that you don't belong, and the struggle to fit in, especially when you're a kid in school and stuff. So I think everybody, you know, a lot of the scenes are very relatable. I know they were to me reading it. I'm just hoping that comes across in the movie also. Hey, 
two rules. First, only raise your hand once a class, no matter how many answers you know, except for science. Crush them. Check. Second, you're gonna feel like you're all alone, Augie, but you're not. Check. They'll be moved, they'll be touched, they'll laugh, they'll cry, they'll do all the things that you really wanna do. I, I think it's, it's a movie that tells a story um, that has a, a very universal uh, quality. I love you. I love you too. Have fun. Bye. Have an excellent mission and Godspeed. We are ready to proceed at this time. Damn. Dear God, please make them be nice to I remember when I read the book by myself before I read it with my kids, I just felt like it was a really wonderful, gentle reminder for me to find more ways in a day, in a conversation, in this life, to choose the nicer approach than the faster or the sarcastic or the negative because these are like a million choices in a day, just a little nicer, a little more patient. I know I'm not an ordinary 10-year-old kid. I've had 27 surgeries. They've helped me to breathe, to see, to hear without a hearing aid, but none of them have made me look ordinary. We're following him as he enters into the world and seeing how the world sort of has to reshape itself around him, but we also learn a lot about his family and everybody else who is in his life. Who is it that I aspire to be? That is the question that we should be asking ourselves all the time. Hey Jack, come sit here. In a sec. What excites me about this movie is that it teaches other people to choose kind and hopefully it'll make the world a better place. Wow, we could, let's go watch the movie. This, don't preach, just let's watch the movie. Let's just see it. Uh, it's such an amazing movie. We have Augie who has a facial difference and, and may not look like you or me, but it's just this, this truth of the fact is that beautiful is not always on the outward wonderful. That beautiful is not always on the out, outward wonderful. And we read that. That's not just my idea. It's not just what I say, but we actually read it in Scripture that that outward appearance is not everything. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. As Samuel was choosing the next king and anointing the next king of Israel, he, he begins to have this conversation. And when they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the hearts. This is a gospel truth that the Lord is not looking on the outward appearance. He's looking at the heart. He's looking into how he created you and how he made you. And this is something that we should, as a church, adopt. Wouldn't you agree that we should do this? And it's going to be very hard for us to adopt such a concept, such a biblical truth, because everything in our society rejects that notion largely. In fact, this book called Faith value by Alexander Todorov says 
People make up their mind about others by seeing their face for a fraction of a second. For a fraction of a second, I already determine what you do, if I'm going to like you or not like you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to determine so much just by looking at you. And, and, and this is a large study and a lot of statistics with this. And of course, I wouldn't generalize our church in doing such a thing. But, but I would say this is churches have done this quite a bit. If you have to look a certain way to be up on the stage, your, your beard has to be a certain length, right? You have to tuck in your shirt or untuck your shirt, depending on what church it may be. And, and so you have to look a certain way for promotion, for elevation. In fact, there's a lot of studies on that. And there's, there's another study that we read about in um, Beauty Pays, Why Attractive People Are More Successful by Damon S. Hammermesh. He says that those who outwardly appear more beautiful actually will make close to a quarter million dollars more over their work life than other people who would not outwardly look as beautiful. And then all of a sudden we're looking at each other and like, are you making more than me? Oh. <laughs> and so, so how do you know that, 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 that this is a hard cultural norm to reject? And I want to just let you know that when the gospel comes and it starts transforming you and changing you and shaping you and moving in the church, it moves us back, uh, moves us away from necessarily cultural norms. And all of a sudden we have a new norm or a new way of living. There is a new standard to live by. It's why we need to watch movies and read the scripture and see like, no, 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 the Lord's not just going to elevate people's stature, although people's stature will be elevated if you're tall if you have tall syndrome in here then like tyler or steven then then you still will be elevated praise god it's not saying you won't be but us five seven people you know we have an opportunity we have an opportunity in god's eyes and so so don't cast these pre-judgments we, we we often often are inaccurate about our judgments of others, our judgments of other people in this, in this church, in our city, in our neighborhood, in our workplaces, in our school. And, and in this movie, Augie has such an imagination. Uh, you, you, we, we have the space suit up here because he, he imagines himself dreaming like any other kid would of, of going into space and being an astronaut. He has these great dreams and he, you see his imagination come to life. All of a sudden, he, he loves to Chewbacca, he sees Chewbacca all over the school. He'll pop up in random places in the movie because Chewbacca doesn't look like everybody else. And so he identifies with that, that maybe Chewbacca is misunderstood and, and, and maybe even he himself misunderstood Chewbacca at times. He has a vivid imagination and just like all of us in this room have a vivid imagination we we dream of what the world could be like right we dream about um what it would look like if there was no sin and no injustice and there was no hurt no pain and and we we dream about that but then we are back in our reality and we realize we got to take off the space helmet and here we are back in our reality and the dream is not quite reality and God knows this. God speaks to it, actually, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He, he talks about this in verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have fully been known. 
This scripture right here um, in the context is talking about spiritual gifts and talking about um, being able to see God's perspective for other people's life as you're encouraging them. But you, you may only know partial. You, you only have a glimpse. You won't fully know it. And, and that's, the, that's where we are in this tension of we don't fully know heaven, but we see parts of it. We don't fully know what the body of Christ and the church as a whole, not just luminous, is capable of and can be, but we get glimpses of it when we do life together, when we're in connect group, when we're serving and when we're loving and when we come um, every Sunday and we, we, we bat each other on the back. And I want to tell you that that is so important that just because it's not the ideal doesn't mean that we throw it out. Just because we see partially doesn't mean like, well, what's the point? No, it's important. It's important that we are the church, the bride, and we meet together weekly every Sunday. For us, we do 51 Sundays a year because we give this last Sunday of the year off to our Ignite team of here's what it's like without church. And some of you like it and don't come back. And I give you a phone call and say, hey, you need to come back. But, 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 but Hebrews would say this, do not forsake meeting together. And so whether you do it in this context on a Sunday morning at 11 a.m. or you do it in a house church and you do that weekly, wherever it is, don't stop doing it on a regular basis. Because once you stop that regularity, then you may not be seeing how you need to see and how I need to see. And we will not be able to speak what God wants to speak in each other's life, this encouragement of who we are, that it may not be this vivid ideal yet but it's a glimpse and we'll start seeing more and more and more and throughout the movie we see this he sees a glimpse of the world and what it could be and throughout the movie we see he sees a little more and more and more of what would happen if we just could look we could just look a little bit see see beauty on the outward is not always wonderful but we also need to be a people who look really look at people I just see the hour, but be able to look inside. And Augie, as he transitions, it's fifth grade year, it's middle school. Why do you take your kid from private school into public school or homeschool into public school in fifth grade? That's traumatizing, but that's what his mom decided to do. And thankfully, he had the principle that he needed to have some empathy for him. Check it out. I'm Mr. Tushman. I've heard them all. Tushy, butt man, butt face. Mr. Tuchus? <laughs> One thing I've learned in 20 years in education. What's the deal with your face? Good students are worth defending. Hockey can't change the way he looks. So maybe we can change the way we see. I love that because it was in this moment, in this movie, that it was the perfect time where this person, Mr. Tushman, the principal, has this awkward name. And how many of you know when you have an awkward last name, it's really hard to change it? And no, nor do you want to change it. So you just hear the jokes and, 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 and you hear all that stuff. But he's able to empathize with Augie in this moment. I want to tell you that, that God may have given you something unique that people have put down and bullied and persecuted you with. But I want to tell you, as you have overcome and you built up this godly character, you're able to help other people who are being bullied or mistreated, that, that God will, will help you use your story to look at other people and help them in their story. 
So amazing how God does this. Why we need each other. It's why it's why Augie needed Mr. Tushman in this moment. But it was not easy for Augie, was it? I mean, in this movie, he is constantly picked on. He's bullied. There's moments where he's at the cafeteria table all by himself because people are afraid to really sit there and see who he really is. And in this moment, he comes home on one day and, and, and his friend, he overheard him say something and his feelings are hurt, just like all of us have had our hurt feelings. And he's crying to his mom and he's saying, I don't want to go back and, and everybody hates me and no one likes me. And she's affirming him like a good mother does. No, you know, you're amazing. She doesn't affirm his feeling. She affirms who he is. And that's important to know. Now, now you have to listen to the feeling. You have to hear what's going on, but you don't affirm it as true. In fact, she says something counter to that. She says, I love you and you are, you are wonderful. And then she begins to encourage him and, and he says what every kid would say to his mother and all you have said it to. You have to say that because you're my mom right? <laughs> you know, your mom's encouraging you. You have to say that because your mom, and he says that in the scene. And then she responds with this, because I'm your mom, it counts the most, because I know you the most. I want to encourage you that, that there, there's going to be people who say things against you, but the people in your life the family that he's put you in, the family, the church that he's put you around, what God says about you matters the most. Matters the most. What God has to say matters more than anything else for he created you and he loves you and he is perfect. And, and so as we get to know God and get around him, we get to this understanding of who he is and it matters the most. The next thing we see in this is this huge theme that was across America in anti-bullying campaigns where everybody wore these t-shirts in this campaign of choose kindness. Choose kindness. This is something that we have to choose. It's a choice. How many of you know there's some choices in life? Things don't just come naturally out of your mouth. Some things don't just come naturally out of you. You get a, every once in a while, get that seven on the Enneagram, you know, they, they never say a bad thing. But if they do, then they say, well, well, just kidding, right? You know, because that, that gives you permission to say whatever you want. You, you can really be honest and say the truth and not be kind and say, but bless your heart. You know, you can, you can do things like that, but, but that doesn't, that, 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 that's not what God has called us to do. He's called us to choose Kindness, that it's a choice. Just like those who are in friendships, you have to choose love. You're going to be offended in your friendships. You're going to be offended in your marriage. You're going to be offended. And if you were to validate the offense, it'll put up a wall. But you have to choose to move past that feeling. Because love is not a feeling, it's a choice. Kindness is not a feeling. It's a choice. I have to choose it, and therefore, I have to be around it. And Paul knew that. The Apostle Paul, as he's writing letters to the church, and these letters are going from church to church to be shared and read and encouraged, he, he knew that we often forget that. He knew that the church would often go back to its feelings, right? Our feelings. I'm so in my feelings right now, in my ice cream and everything else. And, and, and he knew that, so he writes these epistles. He writes these letters, and he shares them with his church, and in Colossians chapter 3, he, he starts 
encouraging the church. He says in verse 8, but now you must get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self. He's saying that you, you must get rid of these things. He likens it to a wardrobe. And I, I want to encourage you that when you are in Christ and you trust him for salvation, you are a new creation. But, but because you're a new creation, sometimes you have to clothe yourself with a new wardrobe. How many of you know that's true? This, like I'm, I'm so used to these old patterns before Christ like I have a story and you have a story too and some of that story has some R scenes you know what I mean like there's explicits there's anger there's fights there's 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 graphic stuff there's all these things in my old nature and my old self and I have to strip myself of those old ways although I am new in Christ I must strip myself of that by clothing myself with the new it's like this when you wake up in the morning and, and, and you were to wear the same clothes every week, right? That would be pretty stinky. You need to go into the closet and get a new wardrobe. And it's likened to this when you are in Christ, you are new, but it's time to get in your closet and start meeting with God and getting a God wardrobe for your life, getting a God mind for your life, God thoughts for your life. This is what he begins to say in Colossians chapter 3. It says, and having clothed yourselves with a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. The new self is being renewed in the image of the creator. The only way you're renewed is when you're around the father, when you're around the creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free. But Christ is all and in all. As God's chosen ones, us, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, which you will at some point, I'm sure, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. This is a lot of action, a lot of participation in the kingdom, a lot of participation in the church that, that in order to clothe yourself with humility, in order to clothe yourself with kindness, in order to have those things, you must get around the Father. You must get around God and you must start putting it on and getting rid of some of that old self. Here in this moment, we see that, that Augie had a friend who decided to strip herself of, of everything, of the, of the, of the bullying, of, of the abuse, of the friendship circle that she was around that was toxic. And she decided to walk across the cafeteria and sit with Augie. She's amazing. Check it out. Hi, I'm Summer. Our name's Coming Match. Summer, August. Why are you sitting here with me? Because I want some nice friends for a change. Me too. Summer, want to give it a shot? The things we do are the things that matter most. That was awesome! When given the choice between being right or being kind, choose kind.
Summer reads the precept of the school year where, where she's presented with the whole opportunity of reading about choose kind. And it set the tone for the classroom. It set the tone for the school year. It set the tone for everybody in the class. And she decided not just to read something, but to actually move in what she read by going across the cafeteria, sitting with Augie, and coming in contact with him with something in common. He, he, my name is Summer. Your name is August. Isn't that funny? It's amazing what you can find commonality in, in, in people as you just would sit down and, and listen to their story. You see, everybody has a story in here. We've all been on a journey. We've all gone through things, some good, some bad. We've had happy moments. We've had depressed moments, right? We've, we've had um, the joys and the sorrows, and all of us have a story. And what, what Rice Book says in our movement, as you begin to share the gospel and you begin to talk to somebody, don't just tell them everything you know, but start a conversation, ask questions, listen to their story. Listen to what they would say. Listen to uh, what's inside of them. Listen to how they're wired. Listen to them before we make our judgments where we just listen. And as you listen, you get a platform to tell your story. But you aren't listening just so you can tell your story. You're listening because you actually care, because you actually love. It's how the gospel spreads, how it goes forward. Everyone has a story, and the gospel would remind us to be a people who listen. In James 1.19, it says that, that we could be a people, that we would be, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And we'd be slow to speak, slow to become angry. Be quick to listen. The scripture would encourage us this, and this is exactly what we see in this movie. There's these, these moments that, that are gospel moments that really matter. And I want to just encourage us as a church that, that God has called us to hear people's story. He's called you to walk with people and sit down and listen and, and not make the judgments, but love them and be gracious to them. And as you do this, as you quit looking on just outward appearance, but you get to know somebody's heart and you get to look a little deeper and you start hearing stories, the gospel becomes contagious and things begin to change. And in this movie, in the closing scene, in the ending scene, we see that because of kindness and because a young man was brave enough to venture out and love people and reciprocate the kindness and be kind as well. Because of that, we see this, this school being transformed. And it's an amazing sight. Take a look.
Thank you, choir. That was beautiful. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, graduates, final award this morning is the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to honor students who have been notable or exemplary. Usually, it's a good works, a service award. But I came upon a passage that he wrote which made me realize that good works come in many forms. Greatness, he wrote, lies not in being strong, but in the right using of strength. He or she is the greatest whose strength carries up the most hearts by the attraction of his own. Without further ado, this year, I am very proud to award the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to the student whose quiet strength has carried up the most hearts. So, will August Pullman please come up here to receive this award? that stage, I felt like I was floating. My heart was beating so fast. I didn't really understand why I was getting a medal. It's not like I blew up the Death Star. All I did was get through fifth grade, just like everyone else here. Congratulations. There you go. That's for you. Then again, maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe the truth is, I'm really not so ordinary. Maybe if we knew what other people were thinking, we'd know that no one's ordinary. And we all deserve a standing ovation, at least once in our lives. My friends do. My teachers do. My sister does for always being there for me. My dad does for always making us laugh. And my mom does the most for never giving up on anything, especially me. It's like that last precept Mr. Brown gave us. Be kind, for everyone is fighting hard battle. And if you really want to see what people are, all you have to do is look. stand with me this morning as we begin to close. Such an incredible movie, and I know that many of you are probably going to go stream that right now. 
I think it's so true what he said. Everybody does deserve a standing ovation. And not just, not, I'm not the only one who thinks that. You know it. Jesus thinks that. Jesus thinks and thought that you needed a standing ovation, that, that you couldn't stand on your own, that you needed, you needed some help standing. And as he was applauding you and encouraging you and, and going after you, he, it allowed us to have the confidence that we need to keep going. And, and Jesus is the one who, who actually looked at you and he chose kindness before we chose kindness. He looked at you and me while we were sitting and we couldn't stand. He looked at you and I and he said, hey, you are worth it. And so he came and he lived this life with us and he walked with us for three years. Um, three years he did ministry with us. He, three years he showed us how to be kind and how to love. But he knew, he knew that the only way that we can truly choose kindness, because watching a movie, we will choose it for a day. Oh, I'd have to play this every day, 24-7, and, and then it would grow old. But God, God does not grow old. And so he said, I'm going to renew you, and I'm going to clothe you, and I'm going to change you, and I'm going to motivate you as I make you new. See, Jesus, he died the death that you and I deserve after he lived a perfect, flawless life. And he chose kind, and he loved us. He died our a death in our place and he rose again so that we cannot choose kind for a moment but we would be kind because we would be like him and he would adopt us and we'd be a part of his family his son and his daughter i love that jesus in hebrews 4 says that he can relate to exactly what you're going through he can relate to all, everybody's first impressions and their bullying. He can relate to all the chastising. He can relate to all that. So he says this, we do not have a high priest in Hebrews 4.15 who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. We have a high priest who understands us. I love being understood. I think that's why I love when people hear my story. Because they understand. Jesus knows your story. He understands. And he's saying, would we look? As Jesus walked in his ministry and lived this life, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. He who has eyes, let them see. That he came so that we could have ears to hear and eyes to see. So we could have faith for more than just what we'd see surface. But we have faith to see his kingdom we see partially but one day we'll see fully let me pray for you this morning there's two people i'd love to pray for before we leave today the first one is if if you've never trusted jesus christ as your lord and savior of your life you never placed faith in him but you want to today would you slip up your hand so i could pray for you and I want to encourage you right after service that you can fill out a connect card and just make note of what Jesus is doing in your life and take it to an altar worker. And they'd love to pray with you. And the second person I love to pray for, and I think I put myself in this category oftentimes, is I don't choose kind like I should. I don't choose kindness. I don't choose to love the way that Jesus loves. 
Though the way that Jesus saw, I don't see that way. The way that Jesus hears, I don't hear that way. But I'm just asking for more of that today. That I would clothe myself with more of him today. And if you want to clothe yourself like me today, would you raise your hand and just receive that this morning with me as I pray. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. And Jesus, I thank you that because of what you did, we can love and we can make a choice because it's in your nature and out of that nature you just move and so Lord I just pray for more of your nature as I'm your son as we are your sons your daughters Lord I pray for the more of the nature of God more of a kingdom perspective for people around us Lord and let us have eyes to look at what you're doing and how you love people Holy Spirit empower us to do so In Jesus' name, amen.